it's time to talk about all things mental health. This is Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens. As a seasoned licensed therapist, Cecile is the owner of Transcend Therapy and is here to inform, guide, and connect you on the big and small everyday happenings that affect our mental and emotional well-being. Cecile is passionate about making a lasting and positive impact on people, connecting them to their own wisdom and strength while having a little fun along the way. Get ready to challenge the power of your human spirit. It's time to get mental. And now here's your host, Cecile Ahrens. All the things they say should matter, corrupted by the senseless chatter. Hello everyone and welcome to Get Mental. Thanks for tuning in. This is your host, Cecile Ahrens. I'm a therapist and owner of Transcend Therapy and we are located in San Diego. We provide individual, couples, and family counseling. For those of you who are new to the program, this show is about all things mental health where we aim to destigmatize and deconstruct experiences and events related to our mental and emotional well-being. So welcome. What we're going to talk about today is something that I feel very passionate about. In the next hour, we will be deconstructing this belief, this epidemic is actually what I call it, this feeling or belief of not being good enough. I just see so many people struggle with this, including myself. So I wanted to give it the time and attention that it deserves, okay? Have you ever felt not good enough, not worthy, inadequate, doubt yourself, doubt your choices? Do you seem to find yourself in similar patterns of dysfunction? Does the reality of self-love and self-acceptance seem impossible to you? Wow, pretty heavy-duty questions, right? Well, first of all, I want to let you know that it's not your fault. Okay, it is not your fault. We all have been there feeling insecure and unsure of ourselves, not feeling very confident about our skills and abilities. The experiences, these experiences can be very normal. But sometimes this voice becomes pretty pervasive and persistent. It keeps reminding you that you are not good enough, that you can't get what you want, that you should just stay where you are because you don't know You don't have what it takes because the thought of failure is unfathomable, right? Like it's like death. This voice keeps holding you back, keeping you small and safe for all the wrong reasons. So I say again, first of all, it's not your fault. Why? Because we are all part of a larger conditioning. Okay, a conditioning that tells us to do more, be more, have more, work harder, keep pushing yourself, be thinner, be better, be all of that, right? Seeds of discontent and dissatisfaction are constantly being planted in our minds through the media, the advertising industry, social media, and so forth. It's everywhere, every day, almost every time, if you really think about it. And if our parents or early caregiver, caregivers sorry, gave us a similar message, right, or if they weren't healthy enough to meet our needs for love and attention as children, or worse, if you were abused or neglected as a child, all of that can put you at an even greater risk for feeling deficient, inadequate, and not good enough. So you have the, the, the societal factors on one hand, and the familial factors on the other hand, and both of them combined, you know, is a uh, a lethal cocktail, so to speak. But even if you came from a very healthy uh, family environment, you still have the rest of society to contend with. You still have to, you know, sort through all those messages that we, we get bombarded with every day. So it's not your fault. It's not easy to, uh, to, you know, dodge these, these bullets of dissatisfaction, so to speak. But in my, in my experience, unmet childhood needs, unresolved wounds, and various traumas are often the bigger reasons why we end up believing and feeling not good enough, okay? 
So I say it's not your fault, but in the same token, I want to let you know that it is your responsibility to do something about it, especially as you grow and become an adult, right? As you become more aware, we have to start taking ownership of the parts of our lives that we, um, we can control. We have to start realizing that we have choice and we have power. So what happens when we feel this way? What happens to us as human beings? Maybe you are experiencing this I'm not good enough syndrome, as, as I'm going to refer to it throughout the show, but you don't have a name for it yet or you didn't know that that's what it was. So here are some ways that it can manifest. Low self-esteem, low self-confidence, perfectionism, and you see that everywhere in our society, right? The, perfect, the tendency to be uh, a perfectionist um, just through maybe uh, our physical appearance, our accomplishments, how we look on the outside, material acquisitions, and so forth. Negative self-talk, shaming, blaming, not being kind to yourself. I mean shaming and blaming yourself and not being kind to yourself, beating yourself up. That's what negative self-talk means. Limit, limiting beliefs about yourself, right, and your future. Um, playing it safe, not taking a whole lot of risks. Being passive in your relationships, not letting people know what your needs are. Not thinking that, you know, you, you have a right to talk about how something is impacting you with uh, people you're having relationships with. Being, pa uh, sorry, just going through the motions not respecting yourself, not respecting others, because if you felt good enough about yourself, you wouldn't feel the need, right, to intentionally hurt or violate others. Your empathy radar would usually go off. So that's what I mean by not respecting others. Not taking care of yourself physically, emotionally, poor boundaries, codependency. For some of you who don't know what that is, this is the unhealthy pattern of putting other people's needs before your own. You know, I always tell clients or, and friends, like sometimes we have to put the oxygen mask on ourselves first, right? So that's uh, when you're in a codependent kind of relationship, that's when you really have a hard time doing that. You have a hard time honoring your own needs. Symptoms of anxiety and depression usually uh, can also be a result of this um, belief of not feeling good enough. Interestingly, the other way that this can manifest is the opposite of what I just uh, described. You could actually be uh, look really successful on the outside because sometimes when you don't feel good enough inside, you can start to compensate for that feeling of inadequacy through overdoing, uh, overachieving, constantly trying to prove yourself, um, being really preoccupied with accomplishment, acquisition of things, certain relationships, certain experiences. A helpful way to assess this in yourself is just by simply looking at your behaviors, your social activities, your social media patterns if you're on social media. Right? Are you engaging in attention-seeking behaviors? If you're posting something on there or seeking certain types of experiences, right? try asking yourself, what's my intention for doing this right now? Why am I going for this experience? Why do I want to uh, share this right now? Why do I want to post this right now? And that should give you an, a clue as to what's happening inside of you. Maybe you just like, nice cars or nice purses or learning and, um, you know, accomplishing uh, your goals. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is if the absence of those things make you feel inadequate, then that's a good indication that there may be deeper forces at play. Okay. Again, I can't tell you how common this syndrome is, and I don't know anyone in my personal or professional life, including myself, who has never been touched by this virus, so to speak. 
and who has never felt this way at some point in their life. That's how insidious this is. Some of us are lucky enough to get past this belief and heal the wounds and traumas that created them, while many others are still plagued by this belief. You know, I have people I work with who are in their 50s, 60s, who are just starting to uncover this for themselves. So please, 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 if you can relate to what I'm talking about, give yourself the gift of therapy. Give yourself the gift of support. It doesn't have to be this way. In my practice, we specialize in abuse and trauma recovery, but that's not all we do, but that is one of our specialty areas. I do this particular type of intervention called EMDR, and it stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. I know it's a lot of, you know, a lot of big words there, but um, in short, this is known to be very, very, very effective in treating and resolving all types of traumas and emotional uh, injuries, which we all have, right, in varying degrees. Trauma may sound like a daunting word or something that you think, you know, doesn't impact you, but most of us, if not all of us, have experienced trauma directly or indirectly, right? So, for example, death of a loved one, witnessing a horrific car accident, learning about all the school shootings in the last couple of years, you know, maybe some uh, crime activities in your neighborhood, and, and, and the things that we get exposed to on the news, 9-11, you know, all those things are, are, uh, have an impact on our psyche. So even though you, don't, you didn't directly experience some of those things, it still affects us. Um, so more direct traumas like abuse, neglect, uh, parental abandonment, witnessing violence between your parents, poverty, they tend to have a larger impact on our mental health and physical health. Okay, not just our mental health, guys, physical health as well. And there are studies that prove this. One of the big studies are called the, is called the ACE study, Adverse Childhood Experiences. If you want to look that up or research that, uh, you'll find out about how pervasive some of these uh, experiences of abuse and neglect really is on your, on your mental health and your physical health. And so, you know, all these things affect how we think about ourselves, how we relate to others, how we love, what we accept. In essence, these experiences shape who we become. So this... Um, I'm not good enough belief syndrome doesn't just go away. It doesn't just go away. You're going to have to do some work on it. And in my experience, one of the most effective ways I know how to help people with this is through trauma work, specifically using EMDR, like I mentioned, and other types of interventions. If you would like to learn more about EMDR, you can check out our website, transcendtherapyca.com, again, transcendtherapyca.com, and there's a section there that talks a little bit about it. You can also just Google it, too, for information. I personally find that EMDR, because of its effectiveness and um, just kind of the gentle way that it works with painful material, it cuts down on therapy costs significantly, and it takes less time to achieve lasting results than traditional talk therapy. I believe the reason for that, and again, once you, you know, if you want to read up on this, uh, you'll get more um, in-depth explanation. But I believe the reason for that is because it allows for a fuller integration of the traumatic or painful experience. It stimulates both sides of the brain so that it can allow you to fully integrate through the mind, emotions, and your body um, what otherwise would have been an unprocessed or incorrectly processed memory in the brain. I don't want to get super technical about it. I do intend to talk about trauma and EMDR on a, on a separate show just to give it the attention that it deserves, okay? But I just want you to know that knowledge is power, right? But it's not always enough. 
change and healing is not just a cognitive process. Just because you think it doesn't mean your actions and behaviors are going to follow through. That's why therapists exist. Because if it were that easy, we wouldn't have a job. It would be that easy, right? There's a whole industry dedicated to helping you help yourself and helping you heal. So that integration that I'm talking about, that harmony between our mind, our body, and emotions, that's what EMDR does. And you can't do that for yourself. Your friends can't do that for, your, for you either or your family, okay? They're all important, but there comes a point where professional help makes sense and is what's necessary. So if you're in San Diego and you think we're a good fit and you think you could uh, use some support, please call us. Transcend Therapy is the name of our practice. Our phone number is 619-823-1382, 619-823-1382. And our email address is transcendtherapy at gmail.com, transcendtherapygmail.com, uh, sorry. So the other thing therapists can do is help you change your current beliefs, so say if you had a belief that says, I'm not good enough, we can help you change that in a meaningful and authentic real way to another positive belief that you would like to have about yourself instead. So say, for example, you might want to fully believe that you are good enough, that you are okay, or that you are fine as you are, or you can make mistakes, whatever it may be for you. We can help you with that in a systematic and meaningful way. So if you think that you have been stuck in some of these patterns that I'm talking about, like I said earlier on, please give yourself the gift of therapy, okay? Because it's not too late. You're not alone. It's not your fault. But it is your responsibility, once you become more aware, to do something about it. So now it's time for us to answer some questions. And by the way, just to remind everyone, the guidance or advice that you hear on this show in no way substitutes for therapy, okay? This is uh, not a, a therapeutic session, so to speak. It's, um, it's just me providing guidance and uh, answering the questions uh, in a general sense. So the first question is, is from Kelly from Encinitas. She asks, my relationship of four years ended six months ago, and I discovered that my boyfriend was being unfaithful. I'm sad, but most of all, I can't help but think there must be something wrong with me, like I wasn't good enough. Well, Kelly, thank you for your question, and thanks for having the courage to share your story with us. First of all, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. The sadness that you feel is very normal, and I certainly hope that you have some support uh, from family and friends and maybe even a therapist. Unfortunately, it is very common for people to blame or question themselves when something like this happens because infidelity feels so personal, right? It just feels so personal. The pain of betrayal and deceit can cause you to feel all sorts of emotions. Then on top of that, you're also grieving the loss of someone you love and grieving maybe a future or life you thought you were going to have with this person. So it becomes a very loaded event. Kelly, I want to let you know that the infidelity was not caused by you. Okay, There's nothing that you did or didn't do that would cause, quote-unquote, someone to cheat on you. I don't know enough about what your, your relationship was like, but I can tell you 100% that you did not make him cheat on you. Okay, Even if you had some shortcomings or you, know, you did some stuff in the relationship that maybe were not you know, the healthiest, it doesn't mean you are at fault for him choosing to cheat on you. That's the key word, the operative word. He made a choice. Usually what I find with cheating is that it is a reflection of that person's scoping style at that 
particular juncture in their life. Maybe your ex-boyfriend was not very self-aware, or maybe he did not know how to get his needs met in healthier ways. Maybe, you know, he minimized uh, cheating altogether because maybe unhealthy or dysfunctional relationships were modeled to him growing up. Actually, if I may share, one of my current clients uh, who recently came to me, he's been unfaithful to his wife on numerous occasions. He's um, probably in his mid-50s, called us because he is finally ready to do the work, understand himself and his behaviors. He's not probably mid-50s, sorry, he is in his mid-50s. But it turns out, anyway, that his mother was often unfaithful. In his world, cheating, as we started to discover, was normalized, and the impact of it was minimized. So, Kelly, cheating does not make your ex a bad person, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But at the, at the same token, it also does not make you inadequate or insufficient just because he did that. There are larger forces at play here. You know, it's a lot more complicated than it looks on the outside. And sometimes, in cer- some relationships, cheating can actually be the thing that um, helps a relationship grow even deeper. Okay, when, when a couple actually is um, able to learn from that, these incidents, for some relationships, it, it, it can actually be a catalyst, a catalyst sorry, to deeper, more loving, healthier bond. In your case, unfortunately, that's not what happened. It's hard to recover from it. So, um, you know, off, a lot more relationships I see uh, have a hard time surviving it. But it's not what it looks like on the outside. And I'm not making excuses for your ex, but usually, like I said, there are reasons that a person is doing what they're doing. But for you, you know, if that's the takeaway, that you're not good enough because of what he did, um, I, I want you to know that's simply not true. But if that feeling lingers, maybe it was already there before this incident happened, I don't know, and maybe this experience just exacerbated it, then it might be a good time to get some support from a therapist if you don't already have one. We can help you make sense of this and integrate the loss and the trauma, quote unquote, because it is, in my opinion, traumatic for most people. We can help you heal from that hopefully, um, and hopefully maybe uh, through EMDR if you're a good candidate, and so that the past can be the past so that you can really put this behind you and learn the lessons that um, you need to learn from it. So, Kelly, I hope that this is helpful. You are good enough. In fact, you are more than good enough. It's not your fault, but call a therapist sooner than later so that you can have this uh, put be able to put this behind you and also you know the other thing with therapy is that you have an objective partner to help you sort through this experience because oftentimes when someone's cheated on you a lot of times your well-meaning friends and family members don't have the objectivity to really look at it from that neutral standpoint because the tendency is to just you know put all the responsibility on that person. And yes, they are responsible for their choice, but I'm saying there's a bigger, you know, picture and a bigger, uh, larger forces, like I said, that are at play. Maybe there were red flags along the way. Maybe um, there were things that were already happening in the relationship that you didn't recognize um, as unhealthy, um, or maybe you did, but didn't know how to, you know, navigate that. Maybe there was boundary setting that was needed Either way, you did not cause him to be unfaithful to you, okay? That, that was a reflection of where he was at in his emotional growth. So, Kelly, best of luck to you. If you think we might be a good fit, feel free to call us. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be more than happy to help you. We'd be more than happy to help you. 619-823-1382 or email us at transcendtherapy at gmail.com. All right, so... We have another question here, and this one is from Freddie in La Jolla. Freddie wants to know, 
why do I keep choosing the same type of people in my life? If I was good enough, wouldn't I already be happier by now? Wow. Well, there's a lot to unpack there <laughs> with that question. Thanks for the question, Freddie. Um, and I'm sorry that you've been having a hard time, it sounds like, getting the relationship that you want. So first of all, patterns are patterns for a reason. Most likely, in my opinion, there are beliefs that just keep looping around in your mind, in your life, causing you to co-create the same experiences over and over and over again. I'm a firm believer that we will keep falling back into the same patterns until we learn the lessons, until we get it, so to speak. And usually, believe it or not, <laughs> these patterns carry gifts. They come bearing gifts, believe it or not. There's a reason it keeps happening because you're not learning whatever you need to learn yet. Okay, there's something you're not getting yet. In other words, there's healing to be had and learning to be made. Like I've said many times today, it's not your fault, Freddie, but it's now your responsibility to uncover this for your sake, first and foremost. Okay, when you work on yourself, it benefits not only you, but everybody around you. Therapy can help you work things out, improve your self-esteem, improve your outlook, help you focus on the things you can control. Maybe there are some past hurts that still need to be explored and resolved. And like I said, I do believe that those things are often the main sources of this I am not good enough syndrome. Take your unhappiness or discontent as a sign that what you're doing is not working right now, okay? But the good news is, is, Freddie, you can feel better. There are real and proved effective interventions for these type of challenges. And then the one other thing I'd like to touch on briefly about what you said, Freddie, is that this feeling of happiness you said, if, if I was good enough, shouldn't, shouldn't I be happier by now? That's a really interesting question. And the answer is both yes and no. Yes, because if you truly believed you were good enough, of course, that's going to have a direct impact on your quality of life. You'd be moving very differently in the world. You'd be showing up as confident, strong, centered, just generally feeling okay about yourself. You'd be happier. But it's also no, right? Like if I was good enough, shouldn't I be happier by now? Well, no, not necessarily because you are already good enough. Bear with me here, everyone. I know that can be a little confusing, but you are already good enough, Freddie and all of you. That's already a given. The thing is you don't have to earn it. And if you have a spiritual orientation like myself, you know, that's, that's what God tells us. He already loves us. But if you don't have a spiritual orientation, that's still true. <laughs> you are already good enough. You know, um, the problem is you just don't believe that yet. You just don't believe that yet. When, you, when we came out of the womb, we felt, you know, it's like a blank canvas. When we came out of the womb, you were already good enough. No child or infant comes out of the womb already thinking and feeling, I'm not good enough. Think about that. Okay, what happens is it's our experiences. Everything that happened to us or didn't happen to us after birth, needs that got met or didn't get met after birth, and all the things, all the experiences we collected along the way in our, in our family system, school, society, etc. it's all those things that end up shaping our beliefs about ourselves. Okay, it's not that you're not good enough. It's that your, your experiences made you think and feel that way. So I'm really breaking this down, and I hope I'm not insulting anyone's intelligence, okay? I'm just so passionate about this. 
because this I'm not good enough syndrome is such a widespread mental health problem in our country, okay, in the world. Think about this, guys. Our suicide rates have risen, you know. Veteran suicide rates are, are, have risen, okay. It's probably because of untreated and unmanaged um, major depressive disorder and PTSD and so forth. But regardless, they have risen, and that should be a cause for alarm for all of us. Equally, if not more disturbing, to me anyway, is teen suicide rates. Our children are feeling this hopeless, this bad about themselves. So many self-esteem issues. Oh, my goodness. And social media just makes it worse. So be really careful about what you're exposing your children to. I'm not saying no social media media at all, but stay involved in your kids' lives. Attune to them. You know, be engaged in what's happening to them emotionally. Teen suicide rates continue to be on the rise. We need to help each other, and we need to band together as a community. This is how rampant this I'm not good enough belief is. This feeling is can be so powerful, you know, and in my opinion, I, I see it as a type of cancer of the soul because it really diminishes your spirit and your personhood, and it's just simply not true. It's just simply not true. So if you see someone struggling, your neighbor, a student, a coworker, lean in a little. And if you don't want to get involved emotionally for whatever reason, that's okay. But maybe just offer them some resources or bring it to the attention of someone who might have, you know, the skill or the expertise to help them, like a school counselor or a teacher or a grandmother or a therapist. Or just leave an open invitation to talk. You know, I'm sorry. I went off on a little tangent there, I know, but it's just that I care. I care so much about this subject. And as a therapist, I know so many other therapists that feel the same way. And, you know, part of the frustration is because we know that this is fixable, right? Like, you don't have to feel this way. There are effective strategies and and treatment and support for this. So that's why I'm doing the show, because I'm passionate about promoting mental health and prioritizing it in the way that we do medical conditions. So yes, we can't save everyone, but we sure can try to do the right thing and we can do our part and we can all be part of the solution. So Freddie, I know that was a long answer, but I hope you got a little bit of what you needed. And please, if you think we're a good fit, call us 619-823-1382 or email us at transcendtherapy at gmail.com. Or you can also just, you know, you don't have to call us, but call somebody. Um, and you deserve to feel better, way better than this, okay? So everyone, you're listening to Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens. We are um, a private practice. It's called Transcend Therapy, where we provide individual couples and family counseling. Please visit us at transcendtherapyca.com for more information. Again, that's transcendtherapyca.com. So I recently experienced this I'm not good enough syndrome myself, and I'm just going to share it with you just so you know that we all can get uh, hooked on this belief, okay? It was a sobering reminder of how painful being in this place can be. I found myself really impacted by it, but I didn't know at the time that that's what was happening. It was rattling, destabilizing, consuming, because I was so consumed with fear, fear of losing people I cared about and loved, fear of being judged inappropriately, fear of not being fully seen and accepted for who I am, fear of being, not being in, in control because I couldn't make them see it my way in that moment. This actually just happened recently. It's a conflict with one of my very, very dear friends or two of my very dear friends. But as I did my own surrender, as my own self-inquiry, I became in touch with the fear of not being good enough. And it really surprised me that that's what 
it was ultimately about. I felt that I was not good enough to be their friend. And, you know, I don't have a universal belief that I'm not good enough, okay? But because of previous experiences with certain friendships in the past, it became clear to me that those wounds from those friendships have not fully healed because the past was still very present in this uh, current conflict with my friends. That's not how they wanted to make me feel. That was not their intention. Well, part of me internalized it in that way. So anyway, I only share this with you to illustrate how insidious the past can be instead of me just feeling the normal hurt from that conflict. It ended up being bigger than that, you know, for me. It became about my worth and, you know, and my value as a, as a friend when it really had nothing to do with that. So I buckled up and defended and I ended up over explaining, which is what we do when when we're in that unconscious mode, even though in my heart I knew that I did not intend to hurt them or did anything, you know, that bad. And so when I surrendered to that pain and hurt and I was able to separate the past from the present, and, you know, I can do that because I'm trained and I've also done some work on myself, so that might be harder for some people to do, um, I was able to respond from a place of calm, curiosity, courage, love. I was able to hold the space for their experience while honoring my own. And it also allowed me to be humble enough to be willing to look at my part and to own that, to acknowledge that. So again, I know this sounds simple, but when you are under this, uh, this spell, you know, of reactivity, it's not easy to sort through it. Feelings and thoughts can become so compelling because what's happening is when we're activated, it's literally brain changing, okay? The fear kicks in and it can literally hijack our brain. That's a simple way to, uh, to uh, think about it. Like our limbic system gets activated and we get into fear mode, fight or flight or freeze. You some of you probably may have heard of that. That's like a, a natural kind of defense survival instinct. So I fought, then I wanted to flee, but then, you know, my wise mind kicked in and I decided to stay, stay in the mess, stay in the discomfort. Do you know what I mean? I hope I'm making sense to some of you. The takeaway here is that this I am not good enough syndrome can be triggered without your awareness. And it requires a deeper inquiry in order for you to really come into contact with it. And sometimes you need a professional to really help you get there. This is why I recommend the support and guidance of a skilled therapist. Because this I am not good enough syndrome has many faces. And you may not always recognize it because it does a wonderful job disguising itself. So if you can relate and you think you might be experiencing this syndrome, and you're just sick and tired of feeling this way, please call us, 619-823-1382. Transcendtherapy at gmail.com is our email. So some of you might be asking, then what is the path to feeling good enough, to truly liking yourself? We're not even talking about loving yourself, right? Liking yourself. Well, of course, you know, like I've, I've said throughout the show, talking to a therapist, getting some help, but sometimes that's, that's not always what's needed, okay? But other things that might be helpful are finding a community or circle where you feel liked, accepted, celebrated, respected, valued. Those are really super important things to be receiving from some of your uh, significant relationships. Joining a support group, a church group, a meditation group, certain self-help books and podcasts and similar resources can start you on this journey of self-love and self-acceptance. Okay? Remember, folks, this is a journey, a process of self-discovery, self-acceptance, and self-love. And we are all on this journey together every single one of us. 
Okay, so we have one last question I'd like to answer. And this one is from Maria in Linda Vista. So bear with me here. This is kind of a long question. So Maria says, Lately, I have found myself spending a lot of time, money, and energy on my physical appearance. I recently hired a personal trainer. I got some cosmetic surgery done. And I have been very focused on my diet and healthy eating. And although I'm getting the results that I want, it doesn't seem to be enough. I'm healthy, attractive, and I have a successful career, but I still feel inadequate. What do you think are some of the reasons why I might be feeling this way? Well, thank you, Maria, for your question. So it sounds like you've, you've been working really hard on improving yourself. And if, uh, if you're getting the results that you want and you're still feeling this way, then there might be other things that are going on. What we know about feelings of inadequacy is, like I said before, the seeds get planted very early on in life. And then it can get reinforced, you know, as you, as you grow and mature. So I suggest that you reflect upon, first of all, on your family dynamics. How did your parents or caregivers made you feel? Did you feel valued? Did you feel loved? Were there patterns to the way in which they valued you? So for example, did you feel valued through achievement, through accomplishment, or through physical appearance or other external factors, right? A lot of this can be unpacked more specifically in a, in a therapeutic environment with a therapist. But those are some of the initial things I would invite you to think about. You know, even something as benign as, oh, you look so good, or you're so pretty, you're so smart. If you heard that all your life, yes, of course, that's great. And that might be true too. But, you know, that's a slippery slope sometimes if you, because it can send the message that this is how I get attention. This is how I get love. And, and this is how I feel valued. So even with my son, I'm really, really careful how I compliment him because I don't want him to think that we only value him when he's doing great at school or where there's, you know, an external kind of thing happening uh, to validate his worth. So just think about that and see maybe, you know, if that played a role in this, uh, you know, sounds like pretty chronic feeling of inadequacy. But then I want to return to something you said, which was, although I'm getting the results that I want, it doesn't seem to be enough. I think many people can relate to this. This desire for more, right, to be more, to do more, sometimes becomes a vicious cycle. And sometimes you realize that as soon as you accomplish the thing you thought was going to make you happy or you wanted or needed, you're on to the next goal. There is nothing wrong with being goal-oriented, by the way. But what I'm talking about here is when the quest for achievement is not creating joy and satisfaction in your life, then you might be going in the wrong direction, right? If you are feeling this way, despite getting the results that you want, despite what looks like a pretty good life on the outside, then it might be that this feeling of inadequacy is a far deeper wound than what a great job or health or physical attractiveness can heal. All of those things are important, and they play an important role in our self-esteem, right? Your job, your health, how good you feel about yourself and your physical appearance. They're all part of how we, uh, we arrive at, a, at, a, at a, a healthy sense of self. But there's more to who we are than just that. There is more to who we are than our job, what we look like, our health, what we own, and so forth. And, you know, research on happiness just to kind of go off on a tangent here a little bit, have shown that service is a big component to our sense of happiness and fulfillment. So you may want to think about that. I don't know what you do and uh, what kind of things um, you uh, are passionate about, but think about maybe stepping outside of yourself and you know, anchoring your, your worth and your life maybe on something bigger than yourself, and this goes for all of us, that might help. Um, 
I think sometimes what happens, you know, especially in today's culture of selfies and what I call socially acceptable narcissism, <laughs> um, is that we become so identified with our egos, right? That our that our, that our identity gets organized around the things that our ego thinks is what's going to make us feel whole and fulfilled and happy. The things that we were told or conditioned to be, to be important. You know, to be truly confident and to truly love yourself for all your flaws and imperfections. I know that can feel like an impossible counterculture endeavor, but the truth is it can be done. You know, and it's not like you're constantly in the state of self-love and Zen. No, no one is. But, you know, through healing and personal growth, you understand, you, you recognize those things when you're in that, you know, uh, slippery slope a lot quicker and you have more tools to recover from it and to not stay in that lie too long. Okay? We are more than our egos. We are more than our bodies. And if you're questioning your worth, Maria, your gifts, your talents, please consider talking to a therapist if you don't already have one. Like I said, and I'm going to say it again, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility to do something about it. You are not alone in this, okay? We are all uh, privy to this, and you don't have to feel this way. So I hope that that was helpful, Maria. And for those of you who want to ask us questions about mental health or an experience you're having and you just, you know, you just want to, you want some help making sense of it, please feel free to email us those questions at transcendtherapy at gmail.com, transcendtherapy at gmail.com. So thank you everybody for listening to Get Mental and being with us thus far. Now we have our positive story of the week. This is how I'm going to end the show every single time. And this uh, story is about a current client of mine whom will always remain anonymous, right? Every story I share uh, so far has been uh, a real-life example of um, a a very awesome progress that one of my clients are making um, in the, at the practice, but I'm not going to share their name. So anyway, this, uh, this particular client came to me about a year ago, suffering from poor self-esteem, like really had an unfavorable, unfavorable view of herself, a deep sense of not being good enough. I mean, she came in pretty depressed, uh, feeling insignificant, unimportant, and sometimes invisible. Okay. And, you know, Uh, there were times when she actually would also have suicidal thoughts. Not, not, not wanting to hurt her. You know, she didn't want to die, but she just wanted this pain, this hopelessness to end. And so it was very, very sad for me to see her this way because she, she was beautiful. She was intelligent. She had such a kind, big heart. She was such a beautiful soul, except she just didn't see that yet. She didn't recognize that. So fast forward to to today, She is definitely not as depressed. She's on medication. And for some people, that is what's needed, okay? And she's not suffering from having suicidal thoughts, even on our bad days, which is amazing. That's a great quality of life changer. Um, And equally important, she has made a lot of awesome choices to change her life. She started asserting herself at work. She was very unhappy at work, and that was one of her huge stressors. She actually had the courage eventually to go for a job that had better growth opportunities, and she got the job. So that was a big win, and she was, you know, really questioning herself when we first started the the interview process, and she got it. And then she was in this very, very toxic relationship, and she honestly thought that, she was always going to be, you know, somehow stuck in the toxicity of that relationship. That's how pervasive these beliefs can be. She did not see um, that it can get better for her because she had been dealing with this for a few years. Fast forward to today, she was able to end that relationship and set some really clear, consistent boundaries. And now she 
is showing more confidence in herself, asserting herself more when needed. Exercise and eating healthy was one of her goals, and she just got stuck in not taking action on that. And now she, she is. She joined a gym. She's starting to eat healthy again. You know, she just woke up from the fog. And to see her flourish and step into her own power one day, one session at a time, has given me so much joy. But this is what can happen when you um, step into your own power and, and you know, give self-healing a chance. So please, if you are feeling dissatisfied and unhappy with your life and you have this, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, you know, feeling consistently, give us a call. 619-823-1382 or email us at transcendtherapy at gmail.com. This person is not done with her work, right? But she now knows that she has other options, other choices, other ways to manage her depression, and that, that the other ways to, to manage the challenges that come along with being alive. So I hope that that story inspires you. I wish I had more time to talk about it because it really is one of... Um, the things that bring me joy because where she started was like just super hopeless and now she's flourishing. Well, we've reached the end of our show, guys. Thank you for being with us here today. You're listening to Get Mental and this is your host, Cecile Ahrens. Until next time, be well and be gentle. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us today on Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens. To learn more about Cecile, become a sponsor or guest on Get Mental, or if you have any questions about mental health, visit TranscendTherapyCA.com. That's TranscendTherapyCA.com. Join us next week at this same time for more talk on all things mental health on Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens. Don't